Hey friends, welcome to season two of the Brittany Mitchell podcast, where we like to say great questions lead to greater lessons. Your support of season one is a huge reason we're back for another year. So if you're one of our original listeners, heartfelt thanks. We have a lot of compelling stories to share in season two, starting with the one you'll hear in this episode. We'll introduce you to entrepreneurs and brothers, Merrill and Owen Schmidt. I wanted to learn how they turned a small business born in a barn into a multi-state success story, benefiting animal rescues from the mid-Atlantic to New England. As they like to say, it all began with a horse. By the way, that horse is older than they are. So Marilyn Owen, thanks so much and welcome to the podcast. Yes, thank you for having us. We're super excited. Absolutely. So you like to tell people that your business was born in a barn. What does that mean? Yeah, so in 2018, our mom started volunteering at a horse rescue in Pungo called Circle A Home for Horses. And a few months later, she told her dad and she's like, you know, we're going to have to get a horse at some point. Because <laughs> just being around the horses, she, she knew. Um, and I was like, okay, yeah. So um, in 2018, May of 2018, we rescued our horse named Louie, uh, who was a draft cross. And we rescued him from a Louisiana kill pen. And pretty much how that works is kill pens it's illegal to sell and um, eat horse meat in the U.S., so they um, ship the horses to other countries where they're slaughtered for their meat because it's legal there. And so, but a lot of times they're shipped inhumanely and they like they break their legs in the, while they're being shipped and stuff like that. And our horse is really sweet. So um, that summer, our parents challenged us to do what they called a compassion project, which was pretty much doing something to. Um, help out any um, others or animals or that kind of thing. And so I was thinking after getting Louie um, and fi- figuring out the past that he came from, I wanted to help do something to help him. And so when you're researching stuff, we uh, it was hot. And so we saw a lot of people were feeding popsicles to their horses. Like regular and people so, popsicles? Yeah, like regular <laughs> popsicles making their own DIY type of stuff. So we were okay. like, hey, this is, this is a great idea. And so, um, Owen hopped on from there and we kind of worked to develop something. We started originally with doing like popsicle sticks um, and cups and stuff. And then eventually we got to the idea of the dried ingredients. And so that's kind of how Happy Pops was born. And then as we started developing, yes, last year was our first year, like officially year, we were like, we can actually do something with this as a family. And so one of our first retailers, Sterling Sterling Meadows, um, which is a horse tack, um, store. They also have part of their store is um, a dog kennel, and okay. they were actually feeding Happy Pops to their dogs. Ah. So we never thought we have two dogs. One's a rescue, um, and we never thought to feed them the dogs. So um, we fed them to our dogs, and our dogs love them. All the ingredients we looked, we got them registered. They're good for dogs too. Um, so then originally it was Happy Horse Pops. Then we just changed it to Happy Pops. Ah. And so dogs, horses, goats, sheep, llamas um, can all eat them. That's kind of how it started. But to be clear, you only have dogs and a horse. <laughs> you don't have any yeah, of those um, in your house. Chickens, oh, and chickens. Okay. You don't chickens. feed them to the chickens, or do you? Do the chickens eat no. them? I mean, we have, but <laughs> we're technically, they're not registered for chickens and cats. Um, gotcha. But our chickens like them, and we're fine with it. So. Gotcha. So for people who haven't seen Happy Pops and are listening to this, it basically looks like a long um, little Ziploc tube, right? And you put the dry ingredients in there and then people add water and shake and freeze. Am I getting that right? 
Yes. Yeah, it's just like a push-up pop, you know, you can feed to, or for humans, but you get to feed it to your animals. I love it. And you were kind enough to give me some samples and I had my dog taste test them and approve them last night. His, his favorite was the glazed carrot. Yes, (laughs) That's one of your new flavors. So, okay. Just so that everyone listening knows you are not veterinarians, nor are you nutritionists. In fact, you are both students. Tell everyone how old you are. Um, I am 13 and I'm 15. 13 and 15. And this is a four-year-old business. So how did you even know how to make these things or what to put in them? And do you produce them in your own kitchen? We do. They're all produced in our own kitchen. And it was kind of just experimenting. We just see what other what we know they like, um, just some random stuff and kind of just put them together, made recipes, and then tried them on our horse, Louie. A lot of research too. They got to get yeah. into that. So research and Louis the taste testing horse. And so what are the flavors that you currently offer right now that have found to be really popular? Um, So we have four flavors. We have peppermint, which was kind of our starting flavor because um, a lot of horses like peppermint. And so that tends to be more of a horse flavor. Although, I mean, our dogs love the peppermint flavor. Yeah. Um, We also have glazed carrot, which has dried carrots, molasses. They all have electrolytes, which is really good for them um, for like in that heat. We also have Nana Oats, which um, dried bananas has oats in it. And then we have turmeric. Um, yep. Ah. Um, and then we also have Nana Oats, which is um, dried bananas and oats. So this has to be something that takes up a decent amount of time. Do you have other employees or are you two just running this yourselves? Uh, right now, it is just us two and our parents kind of helping along the way with some stuff. It's us in our kitchen making them every night. And so now it's kind of our family thing, just Friday nights making happy pops. (laughs) That's awesome. And it would be easy for people listening to think, isn't that adorable? Kind of like a little lemonade stand, but this is legit. Like you guys have these things in businesses from, tell me if I'm getting this right, from Maine to Maryland, to Virginia, to North Carolina. This is not a small stand in your front yard. This is a real business. How did you get it to grow that quickly? Yeah, I mean, a big part of it was networking, finding people. Our first retailers, um, like Sterling Meadows, really helped us out to grow. We're in 17 retailers now. Um, and then developing the website was a big part of it, too. And then also the um, the farmer's market, because you can actually get yourself out and talk to people face-to-face. That's been a big part of it. Yeah, one of our biggest ways of spreading ourselves out there is through retailers and markets. And one of the great things, one reason we really like markets is because we can personally share what we feel about them directly and talk to customers, which is which we really enjoy. And and sometimes it is hard with the kid aspect because the a little bit the credibility because we're kids, you know, they're like, okay, yeah, lemonade stand type of thing. But um, if we're trying to present ourselves in a way that like, no, this is is a legit business. We were registered with the state and AFCO, a food. Um, administration and so we're kind of, we're we're doing everything but sometimes it's still with the bigger businesses uh trying to get with those absolutely so let me ask you about that because i'm sure it's you know easy for people to dismiss young entrepreneurs like yourselves and think oh i bet their parents are doing this but i looked at your business card and it says schmidt brothers llc i don't see your yeah. folks names on there anywhere and when i inquired with your mom about doing this interview they she was very quick to say oh this is their business you'll need to talk to them about that yes. so do you make the pitches to businesses to retailers yourselves wow yes. so what does that sound like Um, it's, 
well, it's I'm an introvert, so it's sometimes tough for me. So a lot of times <laughs> Owen does it, but I I do it um I get out of my comfort zone a little bit. But yeah, so what we our parents are really good about supporting us, but not taking the reins and letting us um, go the way we want to do. So we make all the phone calls to retailers um, and plan meetings and all that, and they they help with the schedule and stuff. And it is good for them. They have a um, background in um, a little bit of background in entrepreneurship. So they do, they guide us. There's some stuff we, we le- we've learned from them. And that's basically our big start really was with them and their help. That's excellent. So give folks listening an idea of the scale of this thing. Can you tell me how many happy pops you've sold in four years or what your sales are like? Just paint us a picture of that. Yeah. So it's been four years. Last year was the, really the big um, start of us working hard in it. We've um, we've sold about 20,000 Happy Pops. We've donated over $6,000 so far to Horse and Dog Rescue. Since last spring. Right, including um, like Wings of Hope has been a big one for dogs, um, Circle A. We have nine, nine rescues actually that we donate to right now. And the cool thing about the rescues is like if we have a new retailer um, and they have a rescue that they like to support, we'll donate we donate 10% of all the sales to the rescue. So we'll donate, um, they can choose, they can choose a rescue that they want to support. And that's something I really love. Like on our website, every individual order, you can select which of our rescues you can choose. Uh-huh. And it's kind of like, you know, if you're involved with that rescue, it's, um, it's good to be able to choose the one you want. That's really smart, you guys, because I would imagine that then a lot of your uh, sales force, so to speak, is people who are passionate about these rescues. And so they're impassioned for the cause and then they're passionate about your product. And so that all kind of goes together. So you're probably getting a lot of marketing for free from your customers in that regard. Yes. Right. Definitely. Yeah. Like, I mean, we all kind of help each other out. The rescues and the retailers all kind of have a networking connection. So like They'll promote us on social media. We'll promote them. It just, it just all works out. That's fantastic. So I'm sure people probably ask you, why don't you go on that TV show Shark Tank and pitch this? Have you been asked that? You have no idea how many times. At least a hundred times. Probably yeah. every time we talk to someone, that's what we get. And what's your answer? <laughs> We're working up to it. I mean, I don't know, especially with our schedules and stuff. Um, it's hard right now, but it's definitely in the making, I think. We you know a lot, a, lot of the, a lot of the sharks are... Um, you need to be at, like, they like when you're out of school and fully connected. So maybe out of college, we'll, we'll go talk with them. <laughs> there you go. Right. Well, so that was going to be my next question is what is your goal? What's, what's your goal as far as growing this while you're still in school? And then where do you see this going in the future? Yeah, I think we both agreed that we kind of want to take this into a point where we can turn it into a career. So, I mean, I go to college in a few years, so I, I want to study entrepreneurship business um, hopefully when we both go to college, maybe be able to set up production here and then, um, be able to manage orders and that kind of thing, and then turn it into a career so we can work together for as a career afterwards. So what's been the biggest challenge you've run into so far? So, um, one of our probably biggest challenges is being, you know, kids as having school and extracurriculars We're we're very busy. And so finding time to do certain things is always a struggle, especially with production. You know, we spend most of our Happy Pops time in production and not able to market and kind of sell them. But also when you love something and care about it, like we do, it's it's a lot easier though to find the little times to get working on it and make it grow. Like there's, we've had a lot of long nights making Happy Pops, but I mean, <laughs> if 
I feels mean, good. Enjoy doing it. Yeah, it feels it's good. good. It's like he'll be the one. He sits on his little table. We'll be watching Shark Tank or whatever. And he'll <laughs> label the label the bags, and then I'll he'll have pass them on to me, and I'll put all the ingredients in. Um, and it's really fun. And then um, also another challenge is kind of the credibility. We talked about this a little bit, but the credibility of being kids. Sure. Um, but you just have to work past that. And we know one of our uh, our struggles coming up is going to be production because it is growing. Like sometimes we'll be tell, we'll see some of the dog and we'll tell to them and they're like, oh yeah, I know what they are, and they'll blah blah blah, lame places they've seen it. And so we know soon we're going to have to outsource production to be able to keep it going and scale it how we want. So have yeah. you had any? Have you had any offers to buy your business? I mean, sometimes people recognize a good idea and say, you know what, guys, let me just, uh, let me buy this and help you out with it. It sounds like you want to keep it to yourselves and, and grow it yourselves. What's your thought about yeah. that? Yeah. So, I mean, I think we both, we, we love this as a family. It's connecting us and it's something, it's, it's a good learning experience. It's for a good cause. And so we really like working on it and being as it with the family. Yeah, I mean, maybe in the future, looking at selling it and starting something new or, um, you know, but right now, yeah, I think I think we enjoy what we're doing. So plenty of people your age are not running uh, four-year-old businesses and donating to charity and and are not mission-driven like this. What do you think makes you different from your peers? Um, I mean, I think faith has part of it to do with it. I know I'm, we've been called kind of to serve others and to help others, and um, I feel like that's as a family, we've kind of all agreed on that. And so this has been a way to kind of display that. That's fantastic. And so let's talk a little bit more about faith, because I know that so many entrepreneurs would say, gosh, you know, without God's help, I don't think I'd be where I am today. Where have you seen him take an active role in your business since you've partnered your faith with your entrepreneurial spirit? I mean, it's kind of, I mean, he's always faith God. It's always our drive to be, to be better, to do more to help more people. And it's kind of, it's always been there nagging, you know, do this, do this, keep working. And so it's kind of helped us grow to where we are and the amount of horses we've helped. And I think, yeah, having, knowing that he's always there and, you know, he has a plan. Um, a lot of these obstacles that we face, we'd be able to come together as a family with him and be able to say, okay, here's the problem. Let's find solutions and get past it. I love that. And how do you think what you've learned through your business is going to serve you in the rest of your life? I mean, we've had so many experiences with connections, networking, learning, you know, make sacrifices of time to get stuff. But ultimately, it's it's going to get you there and it's going to help you in the long run. And that's what we've learned through working all together. And also, like I said before, like coming out of my comfort zone, I've done a lot of things that, you know, I don't think I um, without the business, I wouldn't have had the opportunity to do and that like to grow and to do new things that, you know, I think will help in the future. So you're 13 and 15. What do your friends think of the fact that, you know, maybe they invite you to do something. You're like, I, I actually am working my business tonight, man. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's fun. A lot. I mean, I, all of my friends have supported it. There was one time um, in school where one of my friends like stood up in front of the class and talked about it. He's like, Hey, go to this website. And then, so the entire <laughs> class was on our website, like looking at all of our pictures. And I was just like, Oh God. I had a similar time in school. I like showed my friend about it. Cause I knew they had a dog. And then he started sharing it with everyone. And then they started screenshotting my face and using it as their profile picture from the <laughs> website. With the happy thoughts in the background. Yeah. I, so love, it. All I love it. So 
Gosh, you know, I'm thinking about what you can do with this moving forward. And you mentioned, Meryl, that you're thinking about majoring in college and something to do with entrepreneurship. What do you see your futures looking like because of this business experience you're getting at such an early age? Yeah, I mean, even if this is the isn't the exact business that we work that we, you know, spend our whole lives working on, I can see us using a lot of the skills, the communicating skills, relationships, maybe doing something else we're passionate about with it, another business, or um, you know, teaching teaching others or inspiring, hopefully inspiring kids to do the same type of thing. I mean, like I also want to go uh, learn for business and entrepreneurship. I never thought, I even thought of that in my head as a career path, and even really known it as a career path until this business was started kind of with Merrill. And so now I'm like, yeah, I really like this. I like being your own boss, but also having, you know, your own drive. And I really like that about it. Absolutely. And, you know, I think what draws people to causes, we know that people are so altruistic these days, they're very much moved by a cause. So the fact that you've paired a business with a mission is really something that speaks to a lot of people. Tell us more about the impact that the donations you've been able to make are having in the animal world. Yeah, I mean, so we donate to each of these rescues and they've they've told us, they've given us stories about how they've used their donations to help with and so we have so many um, rescues right now that it's it's the donations are very spread out. We do like a quarterly um, writer checks to them, but um, they've all sh- shown that they're really grateful for them. And that um, like I know there was one that used it to like build a new fence and to grab more hay. And so I, they're definitely making an impact. It might be small right now, but um, as we grow, I think we'll make even more of an impact. Fantastic. And it's those stories, you know, we like to say here on this podcast that stories are sticky. You know, when you share a story, it sticks in people's mind and then they share it and they retell it. So thinking about that, when when people walk into a retailer and they see that Happy Pops display, what would you like them to remember about your brand? Well, the big part, the big thing that we always push is kind of our motto is share your happy. And it's a product, sure, but it's also the experience that you're sharing with your animal and the joy. And if you can, if you can find the joy in something, something as small as a popsicle, um, you can find it in other things in life. And so hopefully like the colors, the brain, it's all supposed to represent that idea of just joy, joy and sharing it. And like we say, happy, happy shared is happy doubled. It's all about little tiny, just things that it can be as small as the bonus fry at McDonald's, but just, you know, sharing the happiness is just, it just grows and grows. I love that. And so as we wrap up for other people, your age, boys, girls, what would you say to someone who's a budding entrepreneur and would love to have a business of their own? Well, one of the things that's mostly helped us is um, creating a network of people that is good. They, they help us drive, but then it's also, you know, as we don't really know anything about business when we started, we learned really everything from other people that we met along the way, like our first retailer, Sterling Meadows, they um they really helped us we didn't like getting into other retailers how to approach that and it's kind of that is what helped us grow is people you know sharing what we just what we need to do what works and i would also say to other um kid entrepreneurs that if you have an idea go ahead and pursue it whether you, there are going to be obstacles i mean there always are challenges and even if you think it's a bad idea um if you don't try it there's no chance of succeeding so I'd say, go ahead. If you have an idea, put it out there, find other people that want to support you and want to help and just see how it goes. 
Well, those are fantastic lessons. And it's clear that you two make a great team. Has it brought the two of you closer together? Yes. Uh, yeah, we, so. we found our differences, but yeah, I think in the end it has brought us together. <laughs> but you're not going to fire each other yet? Not, not yet. yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, just run a few threats. But <laughs> well, Meryl and Owen Schmidt, thanks so much for being on the podcast today. All the best with your business. Happy Pops. And we can't wait to see where you take it next. Yes, thank you so much for having us. Thank you. To learn more about Happy Pops, or as the Schmidt brothers call them, frozen fun for humans and their animals, head to their website, shareyourhappypops.com. We release a new episode of this podcast every two weeks on Wednesday, and the success of this pod is due largely to listeners like you. So if you love what you hear, share it, subscribe, and be sure to leave a review. We might just mention you in an upcoming episode. And speaking of upcoming episodes, in our next podcast, how a YouTube video inspired one woman to launch a local movement aimed at solving a global crisis. We're talking about hygiene poverty, who it hurts, and how you can help. Thank you.